Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. And uh, we're going to have some summer jiving tunes today with Matt. He's behind the behind the window today. And uh, I think Brian has uh, stepped up the competition behind the window a bit. So, so Matt's behind there. He's going to find some good tunes for us today. Thanks to Matt. And uh, it is, we're heading into our bit of a heat wave here in Calgary. And these are good dry heat um, which is good. Lots of wind. So it's a good time to go out and check your trees after a day like that. A couple of those good little windstorms that come through. Check for any broken branches, things like that. And uh, if you need them looked after, give your arborist a shout. And uh, I know the guys that pruned it up, we had to go out to Pritis. I think it was on Friday for emergency big uh, 30-foot spruce tree takedown. It split right at the base, so we had to whip out there and uh, and look after it for our customers. So that was a good job on Mark and the team, um, getting out there and looking after those guys. And uh, so just keep an eye out on your trees and shrubs. And again, I know I've talked lots about this. And, and again, it's just uh, you want to be out watering some of your big trees. I know Steve sent me a text. Merle, why is my yard littered with cones from my spruce trees? And typically in dry years, when your trees get more stressed out, you're going to get more um, cones, spruce cones on there, pine cones, and even some seed pods on some of your maples and things like that. It's just because when a tree gets stressed out, it thinks it needs to reproduce a lot more. So it'll send out tons of cones. So just ensure your trees are getting that slow, deep watering around the drip line. Um, Put bark mulch underneath your trees. Um, cut out the grass, put bark mulch in. Um, it, it makes a big, big difference because then it just, just holds the moisture. And, and when you put the bark mulch, do underneath the whole drip line as much as possible. Um, that was one of the first things I did in the new house when I moved in. Cut out a bunch of the beds. There was a few tree things. I just made one big continuous bed all the way around, put lots of bark mulch in there. And it just uh, it holds the moisture in really well. So it's... Uh, it's really important to do that kind of thing for your trees and shrubs, especially um, when we do have the the drier conditions that we, we have had. I know we've had a fair bit of rain, but and again, typically the rain isn't enough to water your trees. It's that slow, deep watering. And even irrigation, if, if you're watering um, once in a while with your irrigation, Water it for 20 minutes, leave it for an hour, then throw it on for another 20 minutes, and then throw it on for another 20 minutes. So it's not running down the street, but then that way it can it can soak in really well. And if you have newly planted trees, typically an irrigation system is not enough water. It waters the surface unless you have little emitters at each tree, and then the water will get down and water each of those individually. But you have to make sure that that zone is on long enough to give it enough water to get down slow and deep and uh, ensure that the water's getting down there. And I know we've gotten a few returns, and I'm sure the other garden centers are as well. People come in, I just planted the tree in two days. It just it just died. It just died. <laughs> they don't just die. And uh, typically the only time they die like that is if they don't have enough water. So please ensure that when you do purchase a tree from any of your garden centers, um, dig the proper hole. I am recommending that uh, we have a new product called Hemp Sense, and you mix it with your one-third of Hemp Sense um, to two-thirds of your existing soil that you pull out of the ground and mix that up together, um, put that back in the hole, water it really well, and then it'll, it'll, they work like uh, 
It's like it's even it's better than peat moss. Holds more water and it doesn't break down as quick, but it holds a lot of nutrients and and water in there for the ground to help uh, make sure your tree is getting lots of good watering. So please ensure that you're doing that kind of thing. It would be awesome. And a few other things on the go. What else are we going today? I just want to remind you, you can listen to us on podcasts as well. And uh, that's Apple, Android, and WhatsApp. If you happen to miss or if you hear something you really like, you want to listen to it later, you can go on there and uh, and listen up to that. And uh, a couple just little things that you should be doing. I already mentioned the water. Getting to the last bit of fertilizing for our trees and shrubs, you do want to continue to fertilize your all your flowers out there. And you can go your perennials a little longer as well. But your bigger, bigger trees and that, you want to give them one good water in here and uh, one last fertilizing for the for the summer. And then you can do it later on in the fall when they start going dormant. You can fertilize again. But you kind of want to slow down for August for the most part. Don't want to give it any heavy, heavy fertilizer and uh, and go from there. And uh, maybe I'll hit the phone lines and uh, and go from there. Let's see where we're at. We got a few people on here already. We're going to go to Pauline. Good morning, Good Pauline. Morning. Good morning. How can I help you? Um, yes, last week I called yes. to say I was transplanting a, a, a shrub, I yeah. suppose. And I went into my um, garden shed and I found some zeolite. Yeah. The spot where I'm putting it, it's very dry and um, clayy. Yeah. So can I put the zeolite there? Absolutely. Okay. Yep. No, it works really good. You mix it in, like break up the soil, dig it out, and then break it up a bit. Uh-huh. And then absolutely. Okay. And then I, mix I that in. I thought maybe there was a shelf life. And no. Maybe, uh, it, it, it's expired. a volcanic mineral. Like it's It's like a rock. Okay. It's a, like it's a natural product that's that's came from a, it's a stone type product. So it's just been broken down into fine granule. Okay. So. All right. Well, thank All right. you. You're very welcome. Yeah, I know it works good for helping soften up the clay and then also mixing in some of that hemp product I mentioned it. Oh, okay. It's called hemp sense. It just it's it's better than peat moss because it doesn't uh um, break down as fast, uh-huh. and plus I love it because it's Canadian and it's a renewable resource. It's something that comes from our hemp products. So, and uh, so it's it's something that's a whole new industry, and uh, I think it's going to be a great industry for us gardeners. So, how do you spell it? Hemp Sense, H E M P S E N S E. Okay. It, yeah. All right. And you mix okay. one third of that to two thirds of your existing soil. You never want to take out all your existing soil because you you still want to leave a little bit of natural soil in because when the tree, if you make it real, real nice, so perfect in that little hole when you put your tree in there, uh-huh. it, it once it hits the solid clay, it doesn't want to go out there. So then it, it just it, it it just spins itself in that hole. So, okay. All right. All right then. All righty. Thank you. You're very welcome. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. I still got a bit of time here before I have to take a break. We're going to go to Joyce. And I do want to mention, unfortunately, I, I've been mentioning that clover thistle and chickweed. And from what I understand now, it's been discontinued and uh, they've taken it off the market. I guess they decided not to make it anymore for whatever reason. I'm not too sure why. Um, but the the next best thing is the Killex for all our broadleaf herbicide um, in our lawn and things like that. It does work really quite well, and uh, but unfortunately they did um, get rid of the clover thistle and chickweed. So, anyways, I'm gonna go to Joyce. Good morning, Joyce. 
Good morning. How are you? Good, good. A weed X bar would work, would it? Yeah, they work. Yeah, they work I'm really try good. It. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I don't like about them is that you, you end up putting it over the, all the grass, and so then when you walk, so that's my only one disconnect. So if you if you have loads of weeds, then you can do that. But yep. I, I, I'm more. I like to spot spray. Like yeah. in that way, I'm not wasting any chemical, and it's not getting everywhere where you don't really need it. So. But they discontinued it on us. No, we we carry them. Oh, we, we okay. have the weed X bars. Okay, what I phoned to talk about was my tree that Mark and Chris did. Okay. Wonderful people. Are they? Oh, Mark. Is, <laughs> Mark I is hope so. good, but Mark is that awesome. Chris. Yeah, Chris is Chris, Chris is, is a, a little tree bit, ape. Yeah, no. Actually, he is. He's a tree ape. <laughs> actually, we've sponsored a tree climbing thing for the ISA. He no, he's going. It's in Lethbridge. It's in a couple weeks. Oh, he'll win it. I hope so. No, he will. We uh, so the boys are going to go down, and the team from Prune It Up are going to go down and cheer Chris on. Yeah. And uh, Mark is going to try and volunteer. I think he's going to be judging. And uh, we've sponsored one of the events. We want to make sure we're involved with all the ISA team and making sure that uh, we help that industry stay strong. And uh, yes, well, so. I'm just wondering here because uh, Mark came out. Yep. And then Chris showed up too that day. He was out here. Yeah. And he pruned it all off. Yeah. And he fertilized it, and he said, "Don't water it now." Well, I don't know for how long. Um, some of my leaves are like. Going yellow? Yeah, I would. I would definitely start fertilizing or start watering now. Oh, okay. Um, I, I think you just meant just after that. I'm assuming um, for like a day or two, and oh, now you, okay. now you're good to water. It, it absorbs some of that fertilizer in, and then definitely you want to start watering in. Okay. Well, I'll be cheering for Chris. That's for sure. Yeah. No, we all are. And uh, and if you do do Facebook or Instagram, uh, I don't right? do anything like that. Okay. Well, we will have pictures of that, and I will definitely. Mark's oh. going to call me from uh, Lethbridge that day. Yes. And fill us in on how they're all making out down there. Well, we'll so we'll all have to find out. Absolutely. We'll yes. definitely let you know. I said he liked tree, climbing trees when he was a kid, and he's still doing it. Yeah, absolutely. No, and that's because yeah. I think you have to be a certain guy to be a good arborist, too, because yeah. you're, you're up in those trees and you're tied to rope. So it's such a technique. I love going and watching the crew because they're, they're always the safety, and the one guy's up in the tree. When he cuts a branch off, he, he yells, hey, and then all the other guys go, hey, 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 so they're all out of the way. And when they hear the three or whoever, how many people are on the crew, then they know they can drop the log. It's just it's it's just very interesting when you have a well tuned uh, machine going like those guys. So it's it's lots of fun watching them. So well, it was a pleasure dealing with them, Merle. Thank you so much. They're I appreciate both very that. Very nice. Thank you so okay, much. Another thing, I have an Australian copper rose. Okay. What is going on with that? It's regrowing and yep. blooming. Perfect. It never has. <laughs> maybe maybe it's just with Chris being in the yard there made it all better. I don't know. Chris was in the backyard and he was a... Uh, good rose. karma. Um, it's been a good year for that for roses too because we've had a good a bit of moisture earlier on in the season yes. and now we're getting some good heat. So we're, we're going to start seeing... I know my neighbor across the street, I was just walking out this morning to come to the show and I'm just, I just stopped and looked at his yard. It's just he is full of roses in the front, bunch of bright red roses. Just gorgeous, so... Oh, okay, and they can't treat uh, weeping birch till April. Yeah, no, because most of the damage has already been done, so then we'll do the injection for you in April. Yeah. All right, I'm sure. Did Mark get you on the list? Well, not yet. Okay. This is uh, 
behind the scenes uh, surprise. Okay, awesome. Yeah, and he's probably listening, so now I'm out. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Merle. Thank you so much, Joyce. It's Take a pleasure. Care. Bye. 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 Always love to hear from our from clients, and like I said, I do enjoy going out and watching the pruned up team um, when they're up there doing the pruning, and uh, and uh, it's always the safety first, which I totally enjoy. And just it's sort of not like the old days where you had some of the kamikaze Rambo guys would just run up there without any rope or safety stuff. But it's just uh, it, it's such good to see. We have Tyler and Jeremy and Neil and the guys up there um, doing the doing the work on the crew. So. Kudos to you guys, and uh, and uh, if you're looking for any of that stuff, give the boys a show. But right now, we got to give some commercials a show, eh, Matt? You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Stuck Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's largest garden center for all your gardening needs inside and out. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Had some exciting stuff happening yesterday at the garden center. We um, imported a bunch of, and this is for all the indoor um, people that are looking for those rare plants and different things. Uh, We got some whale tail um, imported in. And whale tail sense of areas, and we got some string of dolphins, and we got some really cool talantias, and some hoyas, and a bunch of some really hard stuff to find. Um, we have a, a supplier that we've hooked up with out of, uh, he's in Canada, but he's bringing stuff in directly from Thailand. Um, so we flew it in, and then uh, I had the guys from the Wallace and Carey team and their transport. They brought it from Vancouver to Calgary for us within a day, so that was very nice. So we had uh, got all our stuff brought to us, and we potted them all up yesterday in the garden center. And uh, it's funny, all the girls, and I'm in there with, and I'm planting it up. They go, Merle, we haven't really seen you this happy for so long. And I go, I'd love being in the dirt. If I, When I get a chance to plant things and, and do things like that, it just brings back good memories of uh, growing. And um, so maybe one day I'll set up a bit of a growing operation and get back into that a bit. But it's tough to do here in, in Calgary. It's just the amount of space you'd need to grow all your own annuals and uh so we have growers that we work with and i get i definitely have to get my input in with our growers but it's something i definitely enjoy so i was uh i was in my element yesterday and planting things up getting my hands dirty and uh and we had some fun so anyways we got some whale tails sense of areas and all kinds of fun stuff so if you're looking for those uh little bit rarer plants um by all means come down and, and have a look and check them out Okay, we're going to go to Dill. Good morning, Dill. Um, hello, thank you. Is it Bill or Dill? Uh, Dale. Dale. Okay, sorry. Dale, that, that's fine. I've been I've been called so many names. <laughs> I don't know what my own name is. Well, with my name Merle, when I say it, sometimes for my Starbucks name, I use Bill. <laughs> so that's why Starbucks name is this Bill. It makes it easier than trying to spell Merle. It sort of it comes out all kinds of different ways. So. I don't know whether you can answer this question. Let me try. But uh, community gardens. Yep. um, They build up all these new subdivisions. Mm Mm-hmm. Are they on a decline or? Um, no, and I know I was I was watching out in Walden, and that's a new community right across the street from us. Um, they put in a big community garden as part of the community, 
Um, so I, I don't think it is on the decline, but I but I think people have to be involved. Like, well, we're very busy. Yeah, and but but for a community garden to work, the community has to be involved. And if they're not involved, some people just expect everything to happen for them. And this is just my own from what I watch. And they also, and then like it costs something. And I get asked to donate sometimes almost the whole thing. Like, can you give us free soil? Can you give us free seeds? Give it. And and it's hard for us to to do that. Just give everything too, right? Like, so we work with them. We give discount, and if we can help out with some seeds and things like that. Um, but it, they they do cost money, and they they do take effort. So when people do talk about community gardens, <clears throat> it's a project for the community. Um, I went through some older communities here, <clears throat> yeah, and uh, they look like they're sort of covered in weeds. Again, that's it's because I think it becomes the flavor of the day, and then people you get your core group of volunteers in any community. And and everything gets left to the five people, and the people all like it when it's new and shiny, and everyone's getting their picture taken on Facebook. But when it comes time to take clean it up and do the work, um, I find people sometimes shy away from it. So uh, I know the one in Bonesta looks pretty good. I drove by it, and the one in Midnapore at the Mid Sun Community looks phenomenal. Uh, there used to be one down by Sunnyside. I used to go by in in Bonesta. Uh, no, Sunnyside. Oh, Sunnyside, the community and the river on the train. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I don't. I I don't remember seeing that one lately either. But I, like I said, I know the one in Bonas is just before you go underneath the bridge. Um, when you're leaving, sort of one side of Bonas to the other, it's it's there. And I know the one in Midnapore, the Mid Sun one, is quite big. And I seen the pictures from the Silver Springs. On, online and it was phenomenal and I know the Acadia one we still have quite a few that we try to help out and be involved with but like I was saying it's a lot of work and people have to stay involved and and when it ends up being dropped on three or four people to do all the work and that's the hard part right it's it's the it, it's things that uh, just need community you need the whole community <laughs> yeah yeah, it's so I think it's just more of a push and, and making sure people know and and be involved. I know we did a really big one with a church in Mackenzie Town, and they built, like, and they had a high demand, but they charge for it. Like, they charge a rent, and I think that's what you need to do. When it's free, people tend not to care as much. Um, so these guys charge for their spot. I think you pay 25 or 30 bucks a season or something. I'm not even sure what it is. I can't remember. But that gets them involved in it, and then they have some skin in the game, and then they tend to pay attention a bit more. If it's just all volunteer, I think it ends up dropping to your main core group of of people, and sometimes that's unfair. So, yeah. So um, that would be my thing. Is just if somebody's doing it, I would definitely have to charge a little bit for your plot. And uh, and ensure that uh, and some further if there's families out there that can't afford it, I know there, there's things that people can do, and hopefully they have four or five of the the plots for people that maybe can't afford it that want to maybe chip in with some sweat equity. So yeah, I was just curious. Yeah, no, I, I think they're still on the rise, and I'll have to ask um, the the Hort Society about it and see what uh, and see what they think. If they're getting still a demand, but I, I like I said, I definitely seen them. The one in, um, uh, like I said, the Walden across from where Spruce It Up is. It's a new community, and the and the community developer set aside quite a big chunk of of property for a community garden. So it was really great to see. So, 
All right? Oh, that's great. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. See you, Dale. And I got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Guardian on 770-CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. And uh, you're listening to me here on Let's Talk Gardening. If you'd like to join, we have a couple spots open on the, on the call lines. 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And uh, got a couple uh, good texts. I've got one from Steve in High River. High River has two great community gardens that neighbors each have an eight-foot plot they take care of. It's very popular. Awesome. Great to hear. And my 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 wife bought me a nice pair of Fisker pruners. I dulled them, trimming the roots off a couple hundred bulbs of garlic. How do I sharpen them? Actually, we sell little sharpening stones, or you can pick them up at probably most hardware stores or something like that. Um, and that's all I do. There's just a, a little stone with a little bit of oil. You just sharpen them up. If you if you do YouTube or or uh, Google, you can. There's always lots of videos on how to do it. But there's little directions on the back of the package if you want to do it the old-fashioned way and uh, and read the packages. Uh, <laughs> I know it's hard to do. I got I got a, a what is it? Apple Apple Watch, whatever. So I got some screen protectors because. I'm in there digging and doing stuff in the gardens, and I just noticed I'm scratching it up a bit, so I uh, had to watch a video on how to put a, a screen protector on. So it's much nicer than having to read it. It just uh, it gives you a little video, tells you how to do it. Should be no problem. It looks all easy. So anyways, um, Matt, do you, are you ready for our next one? All right, we're going to have a... We're going to go to... And I think Matt's almost ready, and... Uh, there we go. All right. We're going to go to Mary down in High River. Even Matt's in on this, on the gig now, Mary. You're getting your own songs all the time. <laughs> uh, you're darn lucky I'm still here that I'm not part of Star Wars. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Uh, the wind yesterday. Oh, it was awful. About 120 clicks out here. Did you see on the news? I was watching the global news this morning, and they they showed those the, the jumping tents or those little bouncy uh, yeah, tents. Those, and thank God, oh. but the guy did make a mistake. He said there were kids in it, but there weren't. Yeah, there were no thank kids. Thank God. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. The, the one oh, father... Just took Would his... have been tumbly tumbleweeds. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> They'd have yeah. been singing songs of the yeah. sons of the pioneers. Yeah, no, I, they must have mistaken them down properly or something. Oh, well, but that wind was pretty it, terrible. Well, it came up so quick. Yep. But it was bad here all day. Yeah. So I just irrigate, and the fellow that called you from High River, yep. we have three beautiful, yeah, community gardens here. Yeah. And they do charge. Good. And if you don't weed, you don't come back the next year. <laughs> well, and I think it has to be some accountability, Mary. Because yeah, I have to pay yeah, to get in there. Yeah, and you don't always like to be like, but I just find if it's not, you get a you get one core group that ends up doing all the work. Yeah, and because uh, my friend was complaining, and I said, "Well, here's a solution: 
If you don't weed, you don't come back next year. Yeah, no, you look after it because you uh, all come back now. You hear? <laughs> exactly. So, what's going on today? I need a question. Yes, I bought you from you yep. a beautiful rose blush rose. Yeah, the Morden blush. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice. Cute little girl looking after me, little blonde. And I met Jaden too. Nice. Yeah, it's, yeah, nice gal. Yeah, she's good kid. Good lord. And uh, I probably... didn't think she came from you. She looks like Carolyn. Yeah, I know. No, she looks like you. <laughs> she's uh, she's a good kid. We yeah, have, she uh, sure is. And Sydney is probably who you had in the tree lot. Oh, she's so cute. Awesome. <laughs> and very knowledgeable. But anyway, what I want to ask you are these are those. Um, Rose bushes, are are they all grafted? Um, the Morden series, I believe, are not. It's more oh, of the okay. tea roses. And most of our hardy shrub roses come on their own rose on yeah. their own um on their own root. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because the question I need to ask you is, it it really needed to be redone. Yeah. So I. I did it all, and I planted it yep. right where I wanted it to be. Anyway, a branch fell off. Now, I, and it had little buds on it, yep. so I stuck it in some uh, rainwater. Yeah. Can I reroot that when it gets, when it gets uh, uh, some roots on it? If, if it does, get, if or, it does, if, if you have some rooting hormone, and some... Yeah, I do. You know what would be interesting, Mary? If I had some... Guy saying they do it in a in a potato. They they oh. root the roses in a potato. I'd be I'd be super interested to see if what, that works. Like they, uh, well, then they poke a hole in and roses. You no, know, yeah, they poke a hole in the potato. <laughs> I don't want yeah. rosy potatoes. No, they just use it. I, it was just, it was interesting. I think because it holds the water. They poke a hole in the potato. Oh, and they okay. Stick the and they rose. shove it in yeah, there. Yeah, and then once it roots, you just sort of cut away the rest of it, and then you just plant the ball. In the in oh, there, I guess. Oh well, that sounds good. Yeah, so there yeah, you go. Yeah, I'm gonna try it. All right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, uh, if you have rooting hormone or soil, yeah, it. no, give that a try. But and those... also get Mark or wh- whoever plants those tree, get that big tree out to me. I'm waiting for it okay. to be planted. I paid for it. So I want uh, to plant it so yeah, I can. You know they're on it. They're they you know they they were playing catch up for the last I, couple of weeks. I know they've been really really busy. And they're so behind with the rain, but they yeah. we've got a couple extra guys on it, so they're yeah. they're planting like crazy. So yeah, they'll, well, they'll be, out. be good because I. Uh, there's lots of berries on it, awesome. and my birds are hungry because they were all right. They were almost blown away. Yeah. Well, we're all set. This should be a good week. The next couple yeah. weeks look great, so we okay. should be out there soon. Thanks, Thank Mary. Thank you, my dear. Bye-bye. Take okay, care. Okay, have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. All right, we need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Matt's Summertime Tunes, um, brought to you by Matt. And I got a couple questions here on text. I have three Colorado spruce trees circa 1963. What supplements can I add to turn them blue again? Also, I want to make some changes to my yard invo- involving deep excavation. How far do I need to stay away? 
Um, I would try to, on those larger trees, you want to go like where you have your drip line on the edge of the tree, on the edge of the branches. If you can stay 8 to 10 feet out from there would even be better because um, it's going to be quite a large tree. So the closer you get to it, the the worse the danger gets for because the spruce trees use surface roots, and that's how they anchor themselves down. So the closer you get in and when you got a tree that's that top heavy um you're always worried about that as well and also i need to stay away from the mountain ash as well um same thing out past the drip line six eight six eight feet out past not as far away with the mountain ash as the spruce but again you just want to stay away as much as possible if you can avoid it and to turn in blue again um, you can add the, add the micronized iron, but again, fertilizing with the 30-10-10, it has a lot of those trace elements in it with it. And just keeping it well hydrated will help get the get the color back in it. But micronized iron will definitely, or chelated iron will definitely help get that uh, blue back into your blue spruce. And if you'd like to join me, the phone lines are open. I have a few lines wide open, 403-974-8255. Or one eight hundred five six three seven 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 zero. And right now I'm gonna go to Althea. Good morning, Althea. Oh hi, Merle. I always enjoy your show. Thank you so much. Yeah, I wanna talk about voles today. Yeah. I found a I saw a little creature run under my deck that was the size of a mouse in the color and I just thought it was a mouse. Yeah. That was about two days ago. Now this morning I found a bean plant. It's a bush bean. Yep. And it was chewed off right at the root. Yep. At, at the soil level. Yep. Does that sound like bulls to you? Yeah, mice do the same thing. Um, so it could be, are you getting little piles of dirt in your lawn or anything? No, I haven't noticed that. It's My house is in Okotoks. Okay, so it's probably more of just a field mouse or a mouse then. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, typically the voles or that, you get little piles of soil around oh. in your yard because they go down into the ground. So if, yeah. So if you're just seeing that, yeah, the mice will get in there and, and they'll they'll eat certain things. And are you near, are you near a green space? Because I know there's lots of those in Okotoks. Not, not, real not so close, much. Okay, because sometimes no. gophers will get in there as well, and they like no, to. No, I haven't noticed them. Okay. So yeah, what, okay. Feel. So what I would do is, um, there is little bait traps that you can put um, okay. around your 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 yard, and it has a sealed poison. And what it does, yeah. it just when the mice eat it, it just it it um it just makes them disintegrate from the inside out, and it's not oh, a second okay. kill, so birds won't die or anything. Oh. Or, or just use mouse traps along the yeah. borders, along the fence line, sort of catch them. Oh, okay. Uh, or there's one other thing is the plant skid you can use to spray around the the perimeter of your yard. Oh, it's a uh-huh. blood based product, and uh-huh. it, it's a deterrent for deer and critters and uh, yeah. We rabbits. have a lot of wildlife here, and the neighbor said they had a lot of voles. Um, yeah, one but, or two years ago, I think, and she's using some traps. Things for yeah, them. There, there's some definitely some there's vole traps, but if you're not seeing the piles, I, I would no. think it's more of just a mouse just issue. Just a mouse, yeah. yeah. And we didn't see any uh, little trails under the snow. Yeah, and in that's the a lot of that is again it's voles or or even just the mice because when you have deep snow, they work it. They use it like a little parkade there underneath there, and they can just dig their way around and eat eat away the grass and uh, and go right. from there. So yeah, okay. Thank Alrighty. you very much. You're welcome. Yeah, Take okay. care. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye bye. And I got one more before the break. I'll go to Morgan. Good morning, Morgan. Good morning, Merle. 
How you doing today? Oh, just tickety-boo. Perfect, perfect. What's up? Well, I've got a Roth Iron Crab. Yes. That uh, your crew put in about, I think this is the fourth season. Yep. Looks very good. Yeah. My concern is it didn't blossom this year. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say that could have been Morgan is from uh, maybe going to bed a little bit too dry last fall, winter. Um, that's sort of when they set their buds for the following year. And we did have a really dry fall all the way through until December. By that time, it's it's the, the moisture can't get into the ground. So if a tree doesn't have enough moisture to fulfill all the all the leaves and that it, it gives up on a few of the things that it, it on its priority list. So the blooms are somewhat of its last priority list and, but the leaves, so it had enough to give you the leaves um, and, or you could also be lacking a little bit of phosphate into the soil. So right now, Morgan, I'd give it a couple fertilizer here of 15, 30, 15, 15, 30, 15. Yep. And give it, make sure it gets a good watering first, and then give it a shot of that fifteen thirty fifteen, and uh, that'll help build up the phosphate for next year to get some blooms because they are gorgeous when they bloom. You get that nice white tower of blooms going. So yeah, it uh, did very well last last uh, summer, and uh, lots of berries. Awesome. But uh, another concern I have, Merle, is that uh, on the trunk, vertical cracks right from the ground up. Yeah, that's, again, from that real cold spell we had. Um, the frost cracks have been horrible. And uh, on some of those hardwood trees, like some of the apples and maples and hawthorns, um, again, it's just it's some of that we just can't avoid it. It's it's just when it got so cold there, it's almost like the, the, the little bit of moisture that's in the tree, it just cracks them. So we have a product called Lac Balsam. And Say so it again? it's called Lac Balsam, L-A-C Balsam. And you use that, it's like a caulking for trees. Um, so it's a breathable bark replacement. So uh -huh. I just clean that crack really good. I would even spray a fungicide in there just to let it make sure there's nothing in there. And then let it dry really well. And then I would seal it up with the Lac Balsam on those frost cracks. You don't have to wrap it or anything. Don't wrap it. That's one of the worst things. So Okay. Yeah. Very good. Thanks, Merle. All right. Take care. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's the perfect time of day to throw all your cares away. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And uh, got a few texts on the go here as well. And uh, so I'll go through them and see. And actually, uh, Jay had a good idea um, regarding the Saddle Dome. Because uh, I know in Chicago, like he was saying, they've used it for some growing big indoor community gardens or indoor grow operations. And uh, I think that might be a great idea in the saddle home. You could uh, have rows of uh, of growing benches up the saddle home where the seats are and kind of thing, maybe convert it into a, to a big uh, community grow operation to feed, uh, feed the city. So I think, Jay, you're on the right track. I'll pass it on to a couple of the people I know, and who knows? You never know where that might go. So if anybody's listening... 
um, that's close to uh, any of them down there, maybe pass that on. That might be a might be a cool thing for some of these old buildings that we have. Um, keep them going. I know, like Jay has said, Chicago has done a great um, example of doing those types of things in their city. And I'm going to go to Lorraine. Good morning, Lorraine. Good morning, Merle. How are you? <laughs> good, good. How can I help you? Merle, my irises, the tall ones, halfway up the leaves, they start getting like accordion-shaped bends back and forth, and most of them in different areas of the yard. I can't see any bugs. Is this in the in the big bloom stalk or is this in the leaf? In the leaves, in the tall leaves, doesn't affect the day lilies. In the, in the, but iris. the irises, huh? Uh, that it's a bit weird because uh, have you cut any of them off and opened up at that at the where it's doing that? Yes, uh, quite a few of them, and I don't know if I should be cutting them off. But eventually I, I, they'll turn brown and fall off. Like. Yeah, it'd be interesting if you have a newer one doing it, is cut it off and then open it up right where that accordion thing is doing it. Okay. And, uh, yeah, actually, Pat just texts, Iris, he's getting the same thing. I'm, I'm thinking there might be something in there eating it from the inside out, like... Uh, a type of it weevil. Seems to bend it like a kid bending the paper back and forth. Yeah, back and forth. It, it, so it sounds like it might be a weevil in there or something. I'm okay, not, I'm not 100 percent sure, but that's what I would do. Check it before it gets brown and dead. I would do it just when it starts doing it, and then open it up because I had a lady call in. She sent some pictures the other day of her spruce tree with the weevil on the top where the spruce tree it starts bending over starts dying from the top and we had her cut her down and she actually sent us a couple pictures of the of the weevil inside the inside the branch of the spruce tree inside the leader and okay. you can just see this little maggot thing in there eating all the new growth right from the so inside out sorry you have to cut it out there's not much you can do you just have to cut them out Okay. But let me, um, and Pat, if you don't mind, check the same thing for me. I know you're listening, and he said he's getting the same thing. And I'll do a little bit. I, I have never heard of that, So, but I will. And this is, I think, some of the first calls we've had on that as well. So if anybody has any um, thoughts or or have seen that before or know what it is, um, share it with us and let us know what you're thinking. All right? Thank you. Thanks, Lorraine. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, I'm going to take a... Do we have time? Should we go right now? All right, we're going to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. To Let's Talk Gardening, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And also want to mention, if you are out growing in your garden, um, it is a good time to look at doing your second crop if you've harvested all your radishes and a lot of your lettuces and things like that have already uh, come and gone and you're looking to fulfill those empty spots, don't be afraid to uh, add carrots, radishes. Some of your beans will do well. Um, you can redo a bunch of the lettuce. They come up fairly quick again. But, uh, yes, by all means, I would definitely uh, look at adding a second crop. And uh, I believe 
I'm going to be away this week, so Joanna will be doing the global segment for me, and I'm going to mention to her, I think they're going to look at doing, uh, she's going to do a little bit of seeding for the for the second time and uh, get those looking good again. And uh, I know we've had an awesome harvest from our first year of the container gardening up there at Global, so um, that's been a lot of fun with Leslie and the team up there. And I love this from Rory. My seven-year-old niece, Taylor, thinks that the Eskimos should incorporate a flower into the Eskimos logo on their helmet and uniforms. Um, what flower do you think might work? Uh, how about a pansy? No. <laughs> I thought that was a good one. but uh, Pansies are very tough, so actually it's sort of a word that sort of a, uh, it sounds like it's a bit of a wimpy flower, but it's actually probably one of the toughest flowers. Yeah, that's a good idea. There's lots of great Arctic flowers that are a bit more to do maybe with some of the Eskimos up there, some of the crocuses and some of those early flowers that come up. And that might look quite good. So I don't mind that. It's a good idea. And and I got one from Jill. Hi, this is Jill. Two questions. I've heard that some clematis should not be cut down and they bloom off old stems. How can I tell what kind of clematis I have? Um, if you're not sure of the variety, basically just do what you just kind of said there. Um, have it, leave it to springtime and then early spring. You'll, if it starts coming only from the bottom, then you, you know you have one that you need to cut back. If you see green coming up from the upper vines, then you know you have one that blooms off the old stem. So, um, and that will be, it's that easy. And really they'll just come up right from the bottom. The other ones don't even grow from the old, old wood. So, um, then you'll be able to determine which ones you have. And then the second question, are these slugs? And I believe it is. It looks like you have uh, some gorgeous hostas. And uh, you're getting some holes in them, unfortunately. So, yeah, it looks like the slugs are getting uh, in on your on your hostas. So we do have some bait stations that you can get for that. Or I know some people have tried the old beer in a tin, in a pie pan. Try that. Maybe see if that works. And they'll have a party in a pie pan with the slugs. And uh, maybe play a little bit of Doug and the Slugs while you're listening. I haven't heard them for a long time. Hey, Matt, maybe you should pick up a Doug and the Slug tune for me. Hey. That's an old Canadian band. Let's go to Patricia and see what's going on. Good morning, Patricia. Good morning. How can I help you? I have a half-cat berry bush, yeah. and it's about six feet tall. It's its third year, and it produced a few berries the first year, produced more the second year, and it didn't bloom this year at all, so there have no berries. I was just wondering. Yeah, I, I've noticed that. Actually, I was going through the the coffee drive through up in Silverado, right by the Kildare's pub there, there's a there's a coffee drive through and they have a row of Haskup berries there. And they didn't get any this year either. And, okay. I, and I think a lot of it is just really from that dry fall. So sometimes we forget to water some of our shrubs in the okay. fall as well. So maybe make a note somewhere, um, yeah. September. Um, give them some, a little extra water, water them in well, and then also fertilize with 15, 30, 15. And you still have time right now to give them a one quick shot of 15, 30, 15, um, help build some phosphate in the soil. Okay. And, and for them for next spring. Cause they, someone, someone told me that you need two. Depends which varieties you have. Some are self-pollinating and some definitely need cross-pollination. But if you didn't okay. get any blooms, it, that won't matter because they didn't. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I'll do then. Okay. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Patricia. Bye-bye. 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 All right. And I've got a couple other. And Pat sent some pictures of his bending Siberian iris leaves. Yeah. 
The only thing I think of is, and I know he's up in the Northwest. We've had a fair bit of heavy rain up there. A few of those good storms went through there. That could have, whoops, excuse me, could have done that a little bit. I'm not too sure. Um, it, yeah, it's kind of weird. You got a lot of rippling going on. So it just, it could be just inconsistent watering a bit. It looks like that sort of the hot, wet, hot, wet thing that we've had as well. Um, maybe see what that is. It's a weird one. It's I don't, uh, I don't really know on that one. Let's go to John. Well, Good morning, John. Good morning. How are you doing? Yeah, well, as best as I can expect. Hmm. But anyway. Why? What's up? Are you okay? Uh, nothing. No? Okay. Other than uh, curiosity about my garden and... Uh, nice. Yeah. Well, you're, uh, always, uh, you're always doing something out there, so... Yes. Keep me busy. Absolutely. Should I be increasing the circumference of my uh, drip line? Absol- My trees have gone over just about a foot now past what I originally had. Absolutely, yes. Keep it out to the edge. Eh? Yeah, and I, I always, if I'm going to cut it, I always go six or eight inches past it, so that way you don't have to do it kind of every year. Oh, okay. Yeah, go a little bit past, and then it's just then it's a little bit easier for you. Oh, good. Yeah, and I'll mulch that. Yeah, the mulch in, and other. You mentioned last week about maybe my peas would be about middle of August. Yeah. Well, the flowers have just come out all of a sudden. Okay. Yeah, see, that's what I was saying, because we just didn't have the heat, right? And those, to get them blooming, they need that. They need that uh, heat to get going. Oh, well, that's good. And my second crop of radishes are great. Uh, and I, the, I uh, love radishes. Uh, like, I just... I know I buy them. You see them at the store once in a while. I bought a couple times. Sometimes at the farmer's market, if you get the good local ones, you can find some good ones that have the real flavor. But there's nothing like growing um, your own radishes. And this the, the spice in them, eh? Like, they're just nice and hot. I love them. Well, I found some of mine are about the size of golf balls. Yeah. And uh, I've given some away to the friends, and they just love them. Oh, Love them. Totally, I totally agree. Love slicing up, putting them in a salad, but I usually don't get even get them to the salad because I've been, on Wednesdays, I've been harvesting when I've been up at the Global Garden doing the the TV thing. Oh, yeah. And I I, uh, I, I harvest, I bring home a, like a dozen raz, or radishes every week the last few weeks, and uh, I they never they never make it to the salad by the time I rinse them off and, and I eat half of them in my truck and then I uh, the other half I get them on the counter at home to slice them and then I just end up eating them and then they never make it to the they never make it to the salad so I suppose you do it the same as the baby carrots eh? yeah I didn't do any carrots in there that's going to be on our second crop I'm going to do some right now um, actually I'm going to see if Joanna can um, seed some carrots in there on our second crop I wanted to see what would work on our second crop ro- rotation so when the first blast does when you're doing container gardening because you just don't want your container to sit empty right no so I'm I want I'm gonna do a second crop of of radishes carrots and lettuce, and to see what we get on our second crop. So, oh, okay. yeah. So you might as well, because we get, a lot of times our weather's better our second half of summer, because we still have all of August, all of September before we really get frost. So we have two more months, and the soil's already nice and warm, so a lot of that stuff will grow quicker, actually, now. And then in there, I'm going to try and seed uh, in the late fall, I'm going to seed in um, spinach 
because I get pictures sent to me quite often of people that do the winter sowing of spinach and you see it come up through the snow. It just looks phenomenal. Like it looks so crisp and flavorful. So uh, I'm going to definitely try some of that. So, Well, interesting. This is a, you know, we're always thinking radish as well. They're off in the spring and then that's the end of it. Eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, okay. so that's oh, why I want to yeah do the second crop, and they seed so fast. Like the last ones I did in the in our raised beds there, it was within two weeks almost that we were harvesting again already. So because I waited a little bit later till the soil was warmer to to seed the first ones, oh. and and man they just up and perfect. So. Well, I'll be doing my third one. Now. There you go. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Have Sean. A great week. Yeah, it was, I'm in Vegas this week, so I'm going to be sweating. It's going to be hot. Well, enjoy. Yeah, thanks, man. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, heading to, heading to Vegas this week. The gift show is on, so this is where we go down. We pick out uh, a lot of the stuff for the store for next spring and a bunch of the nice new pots. And, uh, yeah, I'm super happy. we got a super really good selection of uh, indoor pots and outdoor pots in in the store. So, uh if you're looking for any pots and different things, uh, I think we have uh, pretty much the best selection in town. So have a, have a look and, and see what you think and uh, go from there. And where are we at for text? What should I do with my hostas where the majority of these have been totally shredded by hail? I, I would cut most of that off. Um, unfortunately, you got to leave some. I'd leave the smaller center ones and let them grow out of that. But all the big ones that have just been shredded, I would cut most of those off. That way the plant isn't using its energy to um, try and rejuvenate those old leaves. So just cut them off, and you'll be amazed at how fast your 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 hosta will send out new leaves, and it'll be look great in a couple of weeks. So give that a try, and let me know. Text me back and see uh, how it worked. And then we have a t- – this is Bill. He goes, we have a 10-foot-tall clematis bush, but no blooms. Is it too early for blooms? It could be a little bit, again, um, a lot of the clematis do like the heat, so you could be just, it could be waiting for some heat to hit it. Um, I'd also look at giving it a shot of fertilizer, and I'll give it a really good watering. If it's 10 feet, that's a lot of foliage on there, so make sure it's getting hydrated well, because you probably have it up against the house. Um, so a lot of times those are underneath the eaves, so they're not always not getting enough water. So ensure it's getting enough water. And then also give it a, a fertilizer of fifteen thirty fifteen or something like that, and uh, and give that a try. And I got one more. Thank you. The biggest problem with my Canada anniversary rose was that everyone in the neighborhood was taking free clippings, probably killed it again. Three years now, can't seem to get it going again. Um, I would cut back any of the dead old wood on your rose. Feed it with fifteen thirty fifteen, and uh, and hopefully that will help out. And and get it going again because uh, they do like being cut back. But if it gets too much, then it's a little bit tough to do. All right, and it's time for a break. What do you think, Matt? We're good. All right, let's take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. in the slugs for for Jill and everybody out there with the hostas with some slugs in the garden 
crank out the dug and slugs and uh, put the pie pan full of beer out there and uh, and see if you can get rid of them. Give that a give that a go. And we should be getting a lot less slugs now that the the weather looks like it's going to dry up. And we have the largest snail, and always those things always fascinate me. And uh, we had them in this in the tree lot, and <laughs> and we have quite a few Hort students um, that work at Spruce It Up, and they were from Olds College, and a couple of them, Gabby, and that she's the she's collecting bugs. She has a bug collection, and so they name all these bugs, and they have them in the when they catch them or find them, they put them in the thing, but they typically let them go after I think, but then Gabby I think keeps some. For her, uh, for her bug collection, but they had this snail, and it was huge. Like it was a big snail, like a big shell, totally live. And it was just crawling. They had it in a little wood box. It would just crawl up this box. It was trying to get out. Uh, and I know my daughter Jaden was in part of that too. They were uh, they were playing with these bugs, and it's always interesting. It's good to see the younger generation um, looking at bugs instead of just the iPhones. And uh, that's all good. Let's go to Bill. He's on the phone line. Good morning, Bill. Hi. Hey, uh, Merle, can yeah. you uh, tell me about uh, clover? Will it take the place of uh, lawn grass? It, it, it can. I know a lot of people seed it on purpose. There's a couple of varieties that you can actually just let it go, and some people like it as because as, it's, a, it's a drought-tolerant plant more so than turf is. So I know there is people that have uh, just a big clover patch as their lawn, so... Well, I know on my lawn, uh, I got some, and it's like, man, even the, uh, it seems to have choked out the uh, dandelions. Yeah, no, it, it's quite aggressive. So if it gets left, again, it can absolutely, absolutely do that. So Okay, well, are you bringing it in? Um, uh, we do have, actually, we have a few clover seeds in there now, but if you need enough for a lawn, um, I'm not sure what we have in stock right now. I'll have to check at the store, but I'll have a look. Actually, I was at your store, and you only have little packets. Yeah, because we'd love to, be able, um, to get the lawn stuff in. If, if I bring too much in, the so what we can just do is order some in for you if you want, because I don't like to bring too much in, because then if it doesn't get used or get bought that year, um, a lot of times the seed, if it sits too long, it ends up drying out. So I want to make sure it's always fresh. So that way there's good success for who's ever getting it. So, well, I got about six lawns to do. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, if you can send me a note or actually I'll put you on hold here and I'll get your contact and Matt will get it. And, uh, and then I'll see what we can do and we'll find you some clover seed in larger quantities. Okay. H- how's that? Sounds good. All right, Bill. Matt, we'll just chat with you. I'll put you back on hold here, and uh, right. and we'll be in touch. I'm away this week, so give give me a little bit of time. Yeah, no problem. All right, thanks, Bill. All right, and where are we at for time? Ten twenty-five. We have time for another call here. We're going to go to Ken. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. How are you doing? Good, good. How can I help you? Uh, two questions. Uh, tumbler tomato. I yep. added some this year, but the 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 tomatoes are not particularly sweet. No. What can I do for that? Um, I think it's a bit more the variety. I think I, I find them a bit of a novelty plant. Like, they're they're okay tomatoes, but they're not the really sweet ones. Like, if you go to the sun gold on the on the smaller, it's a yellow, orangey tomato, cherry tomato. Mm-hmm. Super sweet. Um, okay. One thing you can do is pick them in the morning 
um, or when it's cooler out, that helps push the sugar content up. Um, okay. That definitely helps. Consistent watering. Um, but I, I know what you mean. I find the tumblers are a bit of an, a bit more gnarly. Like they're not as yeah. they're more fibrous than they are juicy because they're just yes. they're yes, a smaller they plant, and I think they're they're made to produce lots. Yeah, so I know exactly what you mean. Like the uh, yeah. Okay. So well, I have some sweet one hundreds and other things planted yeah, too. So yeah. So those I, those we, we ones. <laughs> yeah, maybe use those ones for salsa where you're adding some other stuff or or some bruschetta or something like that where you just. Um, okay. Use them for something like that, or when you have okay. your not your best friends over, you can use those. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're over at Ken's house and you're getting the so-so tomatoes, you know where you rank, eh? <laughs> All righty. Okay. Anything else? Uh, oh, yeah, uh, I just planted some Saskatoon bushes. Okay. What do they do for fertilizer, etc.? Actually, and they they're one that. You can fertilize again, 15, 30, 15, and that'll help with the transplant right now. Make sure they're really well watered, and and that that's it. They're pretty pretty easy going trees and shrubs for the most part. And are they the shrubs, not the trees? I'm assuming they're the shrubs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those are better. The service berry, the Saskatoon tree, isn't quite hardy enough here. I find. Um, oh, okay. It, I've had a fair bit of dieback on some of them, so it's one that I'm staying away from at the store nowadays. So, okay, alrighty, great, Thank thanks, Ken. Take care. Bye bye. Yeah, and a lot of that is it depends on the fruit, on the different varieties that you're that you're growing. And again, I do notice a big difference when I'm picking tomatoes. If you do it first thing early in the morning, if you're out there like five or six. When they're just nice and cool after a cool night, when we get into July, when some of the nights get a little bit cooler, you'll definitely see um, a, a difference in the sweetness of your tomatoes. And and what else? I got Pat has sent out a picture. It looks like a Hansa. And they do this quite a bit. They get chlorotic. Yeah, it's lacking iron, Pat, for the most part. And I would say it's just from under-fertilizing. Under and it's just because the Hansa is such an aggressive grower, it uses a lot of nutrients and it likes that higher iron count chelates and that'll help green it up on there. Or if you're using even our 301010 on that, will definitely help out for sure um, in getting it. And it could be a little bit too wet as well when you see the really chlorotic um, branches or leaves on your on your roses. If you'd like to join me on the phone lines after the break, they are wide open, 403 nine seven four eight two five five or one eight hundred five six three seven 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 zero. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, Calgary's largest garden center for all your gardening needs inside and out. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And if you're thinking of your lawn and you're on your, right now is a great time for your second application of your of your green it up lawn fertilizer to get through the rest of the summer. Um, build up the, the root system in your nice lawn, get her nice and green. Um, that was a great time to give it that one last shot and then do one more third one in the in the fall, and that will definitely get you going. 
And I got a question here. What type of patio tomato do you recommend? I'm a little bit, I, I love Romas. Um, I do love making bruschetta. And uh, my family enjoys when I do that. I made a good batch the other night. And so those Romas grow quite well in the patio. Um, the Manitoba, some of the early girls are good. But I'm more of a, I'm more of a, Cherry tomato, I do. I'm really quite fond of that sun gold um, one because I love just picking them, having a bowl of them, and eating them up that way. So um, there's 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 quite a few good ones, and I do like the ones in the seed from um, Wild Rose Heritage Seeds as well, as they are uh, just they're proven to grow here and they're locally sourced, and that's the kind of thing um, that is going on. In, uh, in in Alberta when you can try and keep it keep it local wherever you can. Oh, and I got one from Kath. You said you're going to Vegas. They're currently experiencing crazy grasshopper invasion. <laughs> yeah, I, I seen that. And uh, there's swarms and they're actually showing up on the on the weather forecast. Like there's so many um uh grasshoppers. So it's um it's crazy. So um it's uh, it'll be interesting to see. Have to I'll have to cruise out. I'm sure they're not on the strip. Probably a little hot there. It's 43 degrees. They'll just be burning up. And most of the hotels have gotten rid of all the grass. And um, they're using uh, mainly all the artificial turf everywhere, so they don't have to water or do anything. And we're gonna do a quick say. Oh, we were going to, but I think she just hung up. I was gonna go to Chris, but I'm gonna go to Megan. Good morning, Megan. Oh, hi. Good morning. How can I help you? Um, okay, so I have a question about dahlias. Yep. I um, would like to grow some next year for my wedding. So mm-hmm. I was trying out um, this year. So I planted some in like early, mid-June. And they still haven't flowered. Uh, but like my mom came and picked some of the leaves off. She said that would help. Are you doing the um, bulb ones? Are you trying to do the big dinner plate dahlias? Uh, well, I have I have a couple varieties. I do have some of the dinner plate ones. Those are the ones that I planted. I planted two of those bulbs. Yeah, so I, I start them earlier. So this fall, okay. when they let them grow, do their thing, and then r- right after the first frost, like they'll they'll just sort of get frozen and and they'll, yeah. they'll turn black. Yeah. Just at that point, dig them out of the ground or out of your pots, um, bring yeah. them inside, cut off that black stuff, because okay. cause let them go all into fall. Don't cut them back until after they get that first frost, because then all okay. the energy has gone back into that bulb. So bring the bulb right. out of the soil. Knock most of the soil off. Leave a little bit. Leave it for three or four days, just on okay. the counter somewhere. Let it dry out, but okay. bring it inside so it doesn't get frozen. And sure. then and then get a, a styrofoam cooler or some sort of cardboard box or something, okay. and then just store them over winter in a cool dark place like in the basement or somewhere just okay. cool dark and you can At use Wall that Street, yeah. you can use that hemp stuff or peat moss or cocoa moss one of those okay. ones and and do that and okay. then next spring sort of around mid march you, you oh, get really? yeah okay. get some um one or uh, actually I like to use two or five gallon pots and okay. and plant them up in there into your pots and okay. then let them grow when they get about 18 inches high 20 yeah. inch side, cut the third off the top. Okay. And then at that point, I always put a tomato cage over top of them as well. Right, yeah. And then that way when they grow up into that tomato cage, it'll it'll hold and uh, and look after those big blooms you're going to get. And make okay, sure great. they stay on a, on a regular feeding process sort of every couple yeah. of weeks, just the 15, 30, 15. Yep. Okay. And, and so, you should be good. 
Okay, so my other question is the bulbs, and I, I have a whole bunch of them still yep. that I haven't put in. Should I put the ones in that I have now and then do that whole process with all of them? Or yeah. yeah, you should. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll put the ones in that I have, the, all the rest of them in the soil, and then, I mean, will they flower this year, maybe? Or yeah, no? they should. We're just starting to get our heat. Dahlias are usually yeah. a little bit later, and especially it sounds like you started them a little bit later, so... Okay. All right. What about pruning? Should I be pruning the leaves and stuff like that? Um, a little bit, or? but they don't mind yeah. that. Like, they, they, they grow fairly. I never really... You'll see the ones that kind of look spent, some of the... Some of the leaves that look a little bit old and tattered, just just pull okay. those off as it goes. Um, but the main thing is just, and they take a fair bit of water when, like, if right. in a nice hot sunny spot. So, okay, thank you so much, Merle. I love your show. All right, and good luck, and uh, hopefully you get some gorgeous blooms yeah. for your uh, for your wedding next year. Yeah, so. my wedding's in August, so you think I should be okay? Or should be August? totally fine. Just okay. really watch for any hail. Hail, um, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, dahlias do not do well in hail. So. No, definitely not. Okay, right. thanks so much. Have a great All day. Right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Right now, I'm going to whip down to the tree lot down at Spruce It Up. I'm going to chat with Chris. Good morning, Chris. Hey, good morning, Merle. Were you avoiding me today? You didn't check your phone? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I try to follow the rules here. I don't carry my cell phone yeah, when I'm working. You're on the yeah. exception list. Hey. Yeah. Hey. I was out pruning. Nice. So you were, you were away last week. You, were, you had some holidays, and then you came back to the tree lot, and uh, things are looking pretty good. So anything you see that uh, people should be looking at maybe doing some planting this week? I know some of the hawthorns. We have some gorgeous pines, but uh, what else are you seeing out there that you're, that you're liking? Yeah, well, you know what? We have an awesome tree here that I just actually pulled to the front of the tree lot because it kind of gets missed back there, and it's uh, called the Regal Prince Oak. Yeah. And it's not something that uh, a lot of people, I think, are familiar with, um, but I have seen a couple of mature ones up in uh, uh, oh, Crescent Heights there. It took and, me a uh, while to find them again. Yeah. In the, in, and all I got them, I think, were they five or seven gallon? Uh, pots like they're yeah. smaller ones yeah and they're these are the columnar oak and they're yeah. they're just so popular right now that there is there's very little available so yeah so if you're looking for uh like a tall narrow tree that's going to give you privacy much like the uh columnar aspens uh the oak just a oak. little bit slower time period slower, though. but it's actually <laughs> yeah, yeah faster growing for the oak absolutely yeah, absolutely absolutely but the, the leaves are spectacular the shape is spectacular so you're looking you're looking probably about 30 feet by uh, 10 feet across 12 feet awesome. across so gorgeous yeah, tree beautiful tree to come take a look at yeah um and, certainly all our hydrangeas are going crazy uh, another great tree that I pulled to the front here is the uh, Korean maple. Yes, which is also a really, really cool tree. So if you're looking to kind <clears> of <throat> emulate the uh, shape of the Japanese maple, this would be your next closest thing. Well, yeah, because the Japanese maple isn't hardy enough to sustain our winters, but the yeah. Korean maple is definitely hardy enough, and I've used them quite a bit in some landscapes, and they've survived very well here yeah, in Calgary. Yeah, me too. I, I have one in my backyard that I've had for 15 years, and the color of the wind, you can't you can't beat the fall color. Um, yeah, I know. I had a customer in the yesterday, and they go, "Oh no, your your the, the landscaper said, no, no, those aren't hardy." And I said, "Well, most oh, yes, landscapers, yeah, I think they maybe <laughs> unfortunately maybe just had the Japanese maple and the Korean yeah. maple mixed up." Yeah. And uh, but that there is a difference, but they, those are like you said, the closest thing. Yeah, and so. Again, I just, and I stress on watering, so I know we, we try to tell everybody, when you, especially newly planted trees, I don't think we can stress enough how much uh, water they need. Yeah, you know, and, and 
I know a lot of people think once you put it in and you get it in there, it's just going to perform, but it's much like having a newborn. you gotta, you got to hamper it them. and Keep get them ready them. to go so they'll be strong. <laughs> and So I always tell people the best, no fool's way proof of watering your new things is just to get a stick, a bamboo stick, or a piece of copper pipe and stick it down into the ground every three days, the depth of that root ball, so as deep as it was. And if you pull it out and it's muddy, you know it's got water, but if it's dry, you know it's time to give it a drink. It's like when you bake a cake. But, exactly. But, you know, and, and but when you do water, it's that slow deep water. You put the hose on there, that slow trickle. Yep. And after the newly planted trees, every three or four days, yep. you, you can never overwater it unless it's a super wet area. So I just yep. think if they get on that, do that for the first year, you're going to have... Great success with your trees and shrubs. Yeah, so. and you do that right until frost. So sometimes that's October, November. Again, yeah. people think summer's over, the trees are fine, but they're not. They really need to be watered until you can't uh, get into the ground anymore. Give them a nice big ice ball and then I, they'll be... And I know I always feel bad. I had customers in yesterday, they had a, a Young's Weeping Birch and... Oh, we just planted it, and that they had lots of leaves. Look good. They've had a picture before, and then after yeah. three days, it was all crispy fried. They go, yeah. it just died. And yeah. I'm just like... Okay, they just don't die. Like, Plants don't just die. <laughs> no, nope, it's just they didn't get enough water. And they, oh, we watered. And you feel bad. A lot of times they say irrigation, and that's one of the biggest yeah. things is the irrigation doesn't get down yeah. into the root ball. So Irrigation and rain. People say, well, it's been such a wet. Well, it hasn't been wet. Not if you down. have a rain gauge out there, the rain gauge does not go down two feet, which is where your root balls are. So yeah. you can Absolutely. never count on the rain. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, well, thanks again, Chris. Okay. And have a great day in the yeah, tree you lot. you too. Thanks. Yeah, bye. Bye-bye. All right, and I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Lorraine just sent me a picture of her... Um, and it is a little caterpillar. It's a borer right in the center. It's in the leaves of her crinkled irises. So it is a little borer. It looks like a, a little tiny caterpillar borer in there. If, if you can see them, you can use a product called BTK to help, but, um, it's sort of what I thought. It's a little borer inside there eating away at it. So it's a little green caterpillar. She went in there and dug it out. So thank you, Lorraine. But if it's in there, if you can't see the cattle, there's, there's not a lot you can do. It's uh, You'd need a systemic um, insecticide, which we just don't have. Again, really good cleanup in the fall. I'd maybe go through and cut back a bunch of those ones that are crinkled up now. And if you can cut a bunch of those out, that will get rid of the those bugs as well. And then just dispose them into the composter and, and try that. And then I also got a text from Margaret. Is fertilizing full strength every watering too much? I would say it is. I would I would do it every third time. Give it a good water. That way you leach it out. And if you're going to water that much, just make sure you're using a good quality fertilizer. Don't um, sometimes the some of the less expensive the the Miracle Grow some of those ones they have a lot higher salt content, and sometimes you can end up doing more damage than good. I, and I know like the plant prod or our brand, the, the green it up brand that I've got made up. Um, it is a higher quality fertilizer has trace elements. And then you're, you're usually fine with doing that much. And, uh, where else we got, uh, we got quite a few calls. So I'm going to go to Geb. 
first of all. Good morning, Geb. Good morning. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. Good. It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you remember me? Of course. You came out to the garden center and visit me. Oh, yes, right. Yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> Halfway to the United States. <laughs> exactly. You're on your way to see Trump. There you go. How oh, can I, I don't want to see him. <laughs> Thank you. But I know. How can I help you? I bought for friends of mine a couple of climbing roses. Yes. Supposedly hardy, and they're in fairly big pots. Yep. Which we left them in because... Uh, they are decorating an arch, you know, there was yeah. a wedding and there yeah. was an arch and everybody walked through there and it looks beautiful. Nice. Those roses. Yes. Now, they tell me for them to uh, make it through the window, they have to be planted in in soil. Yes. Uh, my question is this. They have a, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, a greenhouse, say a... Uh, um, uh, it attached to the house. Yeah, like a sunroom. Yeah, sunroom. Yeah, yep. that's proper word. Yep. Could one leave them in the pots and put them in the sunroom instead? Um, and it's heated. It's heated. Yeah, yeah but a lot it's of always our, around plus ten or so. Yeah, our roses. A lot of them though need a dormant period. Like they kind of need to shut down. Um, you, so you probably could do it in a in a bigger pot, but there will be a time like probably in December. January, it'll it'll really start shutting down because it's just had enough, and at that point you're going to let it let it die back a bit, let it just slow right down, and then in February March it'll kick start kicking in when our days start getting longer. So you can try they, it. They would survive in there. In yeah, other you words. just really have to watch spider mite and powder mildew when you're trying to do roses inside. So, uh, do they have to be watered and everything? Absolutely. Okay, water then maybe fertilize. Fertilize, especially if they're going to be in a container. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Alrighty. Um, you know, the other, the, uh, what about transplanting them? Uh, uh, right, putting it into the soil is that a better idea? Absolutely. Yeah, that, it's always better to get those than the, the good hardy roses like that into into the ground. Because there's lots of other plants that you want to grow inside a greenhouse rather than roses. Like you can grow lots of tropical vines and like bougainvilleas and things like that that you can't grow outside that you want to grow inside. But yeah, get your roses grown outside. They'll do much better. Yeah, then, but then in, in, in summer, if they want, uh, want to replace them to that arch. Can um, you plant them by the arch? No, that's not possible because there's a lawn. Uh, just, just cut the lawn out a bit. Make a little bed for them. Yeah, but on the arch, on, on each side, on either side, are uh, sort of square, uh, ten-inch squares where the pots go in. Oh, okay. So one would have to cut those off and. Yeah, plant them permanently. Yeah, you might want to look at doing that, Geb. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks for calling. And another one. One. If I plant them somewhere else, dig them out again in spring and put them into pots, does that work or does not, that hurt not, the rose? Yeah, it does hurt the rose. They don't like to be that to happen to them all the time. Or you just treat them as annuals and you just buy new ones every spring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for there 70 you. bucks. Thank you very much. All right. It's good for me. Thanks, Geb. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. All right. And I got a picture from Carolyn, and uh, she just sent in a picture from BC. They seeded their whole lawn with a, a Dutch white clover seed. It looks awesome. looks gorgeous. Thanks for sharing that with me. 
And I got a few calls I'm going to try and get through. Actually, we got to take a break first, and then we'll come back and get to the last few calls. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and we're going to go right to the phone lines, and we're going to go to Heather. Good morning, Heather. Good morning. How can I help you? I live down in Bonas, Merle, okay. and I have a very hardy established, it's probably about 15 years old, huge Kalamatis. Okay. Um, this year, for the first time, I have, I sent you a couple pictures. Um they have mottled or even white. Some are kind of a shade of darker red. The leaves. I don't see any pests on them at all. I did fertilize it, which normally I don't do, and uh, doesn't seem to have helped. Although I might have done that too late. Yeah, I'm actually trying to find the picture, and I don't see it myself. They're not even all the same colored. Some are some are, are modeled, you know, yeah. green and yellow. Some are yellow to white, and some have a kind oh, of. Oh, okay. I did see though. I didn't realize that was a clematis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I seen that. Is are you sure? Is that an Engelmann ivy, or, or that's a clematis that blooms? Yeah, it's okay. a clematis that blooms. It has kind of the purple trumpet-like flower that opens okay. right up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it looks. The leaves look definitely different than uh, than a lot of the clematis. It almost looks like a Engelmann ivy or a or a type of Virginia creeper almost. Yeah, uh, it's been there for years. I don't even know where I got it. Okay. So, but it's beautiful. But uh, blooms two or three times a year, actually. Oh wow! And is it blooming this year as well? Yeah, it did. Okay, uh, just- and. It- when I see those one, the leaves that are all white and green, kind of, yeah, and they look disfigured, yeah. that's a fungus of some sort. I would get in and cut most of that out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I would cut it and just dispose of it, any okay. of that kind of stuff. Because when you get that, it looks like it's just torn it up. It almost, it reminds me of arthritis in somebody's hands, like when it gets okay. all I'll crumpled up. Does that make sense? Yeah, it actually does because it they weren't curling up like it had an aphid or a pest. Yeah, no, sort, it's it, it looks like there's a fungus in with that much growth and maybe in it, it got a bit of the water, lots of the rain hitting it. Well, we've had I, so much rain. I know in the north, yeah, you guys have had a fair bit more than we have even in the south side of Calgary. So, oh yeah, yeah, okay, well All I'll right. do that. Yeah, just and, cut that out, and if it ends up being a real big problem, you might have to just take it right down to the ground and uh, and let it come up again from the bottom. Okay, because it's not one I usually do cut no, down. No, but if but. you get this in it, you might have to do that. It just yeah, yeah, and just start fresh and just dispose of all that foliage and just give it a really good cleanup. Okay, I'll uh, try that. All right, thanks thank very you. much for your help. You're welcome. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, and now I'm going to go to Les. Good morning, Les. How are you doing? Good, good. How can I help you? I've got a. Um a strawberry patch, and I bought some uh, pine berries. Yep, the white ones. Yep. Yep. And uh, this year, I bought them last year. I sent I sent a text to you with a picture of it. But this year, from the bottom of the plant, come up, uh, it doesn't look anything like strawberry leaves. They're really tiny little leaves with yellow flowers on them. 
Okay. And uh, does that give fruit, or is that what does that what's happening with them? It should, and actually, again, I'm sort of trying. I'm just going quickly going it's through. Real, way taller than the, the strawberries, eh? Yeah. And real yeah. bushy. I don't think I got your picture, unfortunately, so I can't really see it. Okay. Yeah. Um, if it is a, it, I think the flower is more of a yellow on that. So I, yeah, you, you really look, small yellow flower. Yeah. Tiny so that that'll turn into your fruit. Okay. Now, will those cross with the regular strawberries? Um, they shouldn't, but they, they, they could if all the things work out perfectly, but they should just stay their own. Okay. Now I bought these last year and last year they sent runners all over. Yeah. But uh, so that strawberries, so, strawberries and the pine berries. Yep. So they'll uh, get, this, those will grow. They sent a whole bunch more. Should I be taking them off? Dep- if you have enough room for them, um, you can let them spread like that. That's just their way of propagating themselves. So yeah, I know they do. Yeah, yeah. I just wondered. Uh, yeah, no, if, no, I got lots of room there. Yeah. It's just a yeah, th- absolutely. Spotted. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like they want to crawl over the concrete and go somewhere else. Yeah, no, that's just their way of propagating <laughs> yeah, themselves. So yeah. you're good to so go. Oh, well, thank you very much, then. All right, thanks, Les. I appreciate it. Yeah, bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. All right, and actually, I might have time for one quick one. Good morning, Al. I'll go to Al. Can I help you? Hi. Yeah, we just planted two uh, dwarf Arctic willows in yes. our north-facing backyard. I'm just wondering how often we should be watering them and whether I should be putting now Use some of that mic stuff on the roots. Yeah, that's great. And again, watering, do they get a fair bit of sun or are they right up against the house? No, they're up against the house. Okay. They get a little bit of sun late at night. Okay, or, I would okay. probably recommend move them to a sunnier spot. Um, okay. The, the dark arctic willow doesn't do that great on that area. I'm just going to put you on hold. I would find something like a Annabelle hydrangea or something else that'll do shady. I'll just put you on hold and I'll finish up with you after the break here. Okay. Okay. All right. And that's it for me for this week. Until next week, we'll talk to you then. You're listening to Let's Talk Guardian 770 CHQR.